Welcome to Extremely Valid Points. We are three business owners and friends who enjoy practical, real-life discussions about business, marketing, and creativity. Your hosts are Nathan and Jenny Sala, the owners of World Light Media, a digital marketing agency focused on helping organizations grow through online leads. And Dave Wilkins, the owner of Ellipsis Production Co., a video production company that specializes in creating meaningful content for businesses and nonprofits. We hope you enjoy today's episode. And along the way, we just might happen to make some extremely valid points. Welcome to Extremely Valid Points. We're so glad you decided to join us today. Today we have a special guest with us, Lawrence Garcia. Lawrence is uh, a friend of mine and a businessman in the, I I say Fresno community, but also he has businesses throughout the country. Um, The one that probably most people around here would know him for is Amerigard Security. So thanks for joining us today, Lawrence. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to, um, uh, I'm just happy to share the story and and build our friendship and work in relationships with you guys. So thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your companies? My, I'd be happy to tell you about, um, Amerigard is uh, probably my primary company right now. We uh, are a security guard um uh, we're a defense contractor which we provide security guard services to the military um, and government facilities um, locally we also do security that you would see around town such as you know shopping centers um, movie movie theaters that type of stuff um, that's probably only about five percent of my business though um, the rest of our business is guarding military bases as you pull up to a military base it's my officers that will um, interact with you. If you're a military person and you're supposed to be there, come right in. If you're not, they direct you to different ways. If you're a, um, a visitor or you're delivering goods to the military base, you know, they will channel you to the various gates that um, accommodate what you're doing. Um, Very cool. And we're doing that. We're in, uh, we're in eight states um, providing those services um, throughout the country. Um, have about um, about 600 employees um, doing that type of service for our government and for our uh, military bases as well. Wow. Yeah, I always assumed that that would just be done by the military and themselves, but they contract with you. Then. Yeah. Back in the 80s, um, moms and dads were not sending their children to the military anymore. You know, same with law enforcement. You know, these types of industries have a very low, um, l- well, the lowest turnout than they've had in, in, in memory. So what they've tried to do is find the different types of services that military bases and government facilities use uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, Stuff like um, the lawn service, you know, throughout the base. Stuff like um, uh, painting, you know, small doors, making, you know, just various things. uh, The commissary, uh, feeding the people on the base. And security is one of those categories that they subbed out to trusted vendors like myself. Um, And it allows their military people to not be doing those types of stuff, putting them in on the ships, in on the front lines, in different places where they're needed more so than um, in the commissary or guarding the, the, the building itself, the, the base itself. How did you end up doing that? Um, like, where did how did you fall into finding this niche? That's a great question. Um, when I first started, got into my uh, into the security business, we were here in Fresno. And I noticed that everybody was fighting over, like, 
dimes. You know, these guys were fighting over a shopping center that was um, needed security, and it's like there was there's too many hands in the bucket. I'm like, there's there, we're not making any good money. We're not able to you know differentiate differentiate ourselves um, like we want to. And I just thought, and and every, it was low pain. You know, it's like we're not guarding bars and nightclubs and that kind of stuff. There's got to be something more out there. And I was, I'm a former military, so I just reached into um, the veteran, um, the, the, the veteran association of of um, of the vets, trying to find out where we can place these vets and and give them different types of jobs and stuff like that. And I discovered, wait a minute, we can bid on jobs. Wait a minute, we can be a we can do a military base, uh, and I just thought, wow, this is a full lane that I never we never went down. So I just started going to the different various um, um, agencies and saying, hey, you know, we're we're how can we do security for you guys? Um, I, I think a lot of it had to do with um, the fact that I was former military. I'm, I'm uh, I was in the Navy, and when I got out of the Navy, we just started working on military bases and that. And next thing you know, uh, they started opening up some doors for us. And then 9-11 hit. Um, this is early in back in 2000. But then when 9-11 hit, it really changed uh, everything about security. You know, uh, military bases that didn't have security now want security. Uh, government buildings that didn't have officers, now they want officers. And then the places that we had officers, now they wanted two or three officers. Mm-hmm. So I mean, in a very fast time, we we were um, we were very the, the, our services were very sought after. I didn't have enough employees at the time. Um, it was just very hard to get employees at the, for that level of of um, security. Now, the officers that we employ for our military bases, these their starting pay is about seventy thousand a year, and that's a good wage for that, that's more than even some police departments you know throughout yeah, the country. Um, in terms of a starting pay for these officers. And what we like to do is bring in the officers, uh, hire officers that are either um, just got out of the military or even um, uh, police cadet students that just finished the academy. You know, a lot of those guys don't go straight into a job, but the, this level of pay and this level of security is a, is a very nice medium uh, uh, point for them if they're trying to get into a department or if they're retiring you know, this is still a good pay, and it's uh, allowing them to still utilize their military training for some of the different places we guard. So I think our audience would love to hear your story about, um, you talked a little bit about how you were in the Navy. How did you end up owning AmeriGuard Security? Well, that's that's a good one. Um, I joined the military as an 18-year-old boy, and um, I, uh, I was a firefighter in the military. Um, I did four years as a firefighter, but also uh, that during that time we went to the Gulf War. So I am a, a, a veteran, uh, a Gulf War veteran. And um, thank you for your service. Thank yes, you. Thank you. When when I got out of the military, I became a firefighter as well. I was a firefighter there. Became a firefighter in the civilian sector. I uh, was a firefighter for um, about eight years. And then I went, I started working for American Ambulance, a local um, ambulance company here in Fresno. Um, went to paramedic school through American Ambulance. And then I worked in um, Valley Children's in the ER for about four years. And then um, during that time, I wanted to go to the police academy. 
um, my dad and my family was like, are you crazy? Why, you you want to go to, you already had a career. You, yeah. you, what you've already careers. done. Yeah, <laughs> you're already, what are you doing, you know? Right. And my dad would tease me that. It's like, why do you want to be a, a, a police officer? You know, firemen get all the women. Firemen <laughs> get all the, you know, are you crazy? And I was like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't want to. Did you pose for any calendars? No, no, <laughs> nobody asked me to. <laughs> and I, I just, I just, um, I went to the police academy. I had to do the night academy because um, I had a job. You know, some people can go through the full day academy. But the night academy makes the uh, training about, I mean, along, it's like three times as long as time as it would take. But I mean, I had a, I had a son and I had a, a home and a, and other jobs. So I couldn't go just full-time academy. But anyway, I went through the academy and uh, the sheriff's department offered me a position two weeks before I graduated. They offered me a position and I was on my way to take that position. But my father passed away at the early age of 52 and he had a security company. And um, I decided in about a 12-hour thought process, I said, you know what, my, my father's uh, business, his legacy, if you will, um, was hanging in, in, in right out there for, you know, whatever. I mean, we were going to either close the business or I decided, um, I said, Mom, I guess I'm going to try to be a business owner, you know. And, and the thing is this, is my, my father had a few businesses and we always intended that I would go to like college at some point uh, to take um, business management or some kind of courses. But um, my dad's thing was go be a fireman, do your thing. And, you know, later down in your life, you know, go to college and we'll hand over these businesses to, you you know, pass them down to his son. And that was the intent, but um, life changed for my father and, and my family in a, in, in one night. And, by the next morning, I said, I'm just going to run a business. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the licenses. I didn't have the degrees that I needed. But I said, I'm not going to allow this business to fail. Um, I stopped what I was doing and, and bought my first suit and went to my my dad's existing clients. And I said, hey, listen, if you um, you give me a chance to provide um, this, you know, continue with the security, I'll provide you at least the same service, if not better, than what you had already. And um, I started just one client at a time, and that's that's how I got into the business. I, I my story of becoming a business owner is, is is unique in that matter, and I wouldn't um, ask, you know, I didn't want anybody to lose their family members to start a business. But that's that was my story, and um, I took over his company uh, in 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 2000. Um, he had about 12 or 14 employees. And uh, since then, we've grown it to as many as, at one point, probably 900 employees at one point. But wow. now it's uh, it's uh, about 600 in eight states. That's incredible. <clears throat> so how does a person who has zero business leadership experience take a company and grow it to 900 employees? I imagine your military background or maybe your ER background or maybe your firefighter background <laughs> maybe contributed to give you some of the skills but talk about that a little bit yeah i i mean people ask me that question on a, a lot and i and i i just tell them that you know the things i've learned in the military in terms of leadership in terms of organization in terms of uh, management not only managing myself but managing other people in a in a supervisory role uh, type of setting um you know 
what I tell people is in all my companies, you can pull back the layers and you'll find about, you know, maybe 10 different things that are uh, common in all my companies. And it has to do with chain of command. It has to do with um, leadership things. And, you know, and it doesn't matter what the business is. You run a hot dog stand, you know, all the way up to a, you know, security company. It doesn't matter the 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 DNA in in each of those businesses are all from the same spot, and and I attribute that to my my military background. I attribute that to my um, the training I've had as a firefighter, uh, law enforcement, and then even um, being compassionate, being having empathy for people. I mean, I learned that in my um, as a firefighter, also in working at Valley Children's in the ER. Fantastic place to work, and a fantastic mm-hmm. place to discover even yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't have gotten that training from anywhere else, you know, besides living it myself. This is not something you learn in school. They they don't teach this in college. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about that, too, as as you guys were talking about that, you know, this background where you are in, uh, you know, difficult situations, right? Traumatic, potentially traumatic and um, stressful situations. And um, business in a, in a different way can oftentimes be stressful. And, you know, you may think like, boy, this is a very critical time, right? You know, things, maybe things are going really well and then something happens, you, you know, or you get sued or you lose a bunch of customers or whatever it is, right? And, and you have to be able to not panic, but say, okay, what's the next step? How do we, right, take care of this? Yeah, you know, that's, that's an interesting thing because, you know, when, Going back to my my military and and firemen saying, you know, when everybody's rushing out, you know, we're going towards the situation. When everybody Mm -hmm. is screaming and hollering, we're level headed. When everybody is just has no nowhere to go, you know, it's it's people that have the, um, you know, the ability to to filter through this, go immediately to the problem, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and 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 find a solution when nobody, you know, I always say. I'm a I'm a fantastic team player, but if you if you need me to step up and be an individual, I, I'm the first one to do it. Um, and um, and I just think that that approach and that uh, um, desire to help, desire to to fix a wrong, um, I think that's really where um, one of the things that I do that shines uh, amongst the other people that I I'm either working with or when everybody's freaking out, it's like. What do we do? Find out. I, I have a solution. I'll step. I'll step up and do this or do that, and that's just what I've been doing the whole time. But I don't do this by myself. I mean, there is a huge group of people um, around me, uh, my team, my staff. My um, my team is incredible. You know, they. I, I paint the picture. Um, I I make it so vivid that they can see it, and I say, "How do we get there? How do you help me get there?" And I notice that. When you give people um, the ability to utilize their own thoughts, when you give people the ability to say, oh, in my life experiences, I did this and I can apply that to this situation right now, you will discover that people have great input. I'm not the only one with all this, the decisions. Um, we, we have a team approach, and um, when we're trying to um, address a situation, you know, I, we kind of go with the team's approach, you know, what did we all come up with or, or, and if we can't make a decision, then I'll make a decision for the team that usually, um, will get the job done. Wow. Yeah, that's great. So I imagine people, that's probably helpful in retention of 
customer uh, staff, you know, if they feel like they can make a difference and can contribute there, right? Yeah, yeah, they really love that. I mean, it's nice to um, be able to highlight some of the things that they've added or comment, even if you're writing a letter, you know, it's, oh, that was my one-liner I put in that letter that really helped us get that client or something. Right. You know, and it's cool to include everybody like that, and I like to do that. Yeah. Any chance I can get, I will do that. I love that. And I love how you said, you know, you tell people, this is this is the vision, this is where we're going. This is what I want to achieve. And then you give them the opportunity to buy into that vision and that dream. And contribute. And contribute and figure out how they can help get there. Mm-hmm. And um, you need them to help you get there. But they also are choosing, you know, th- there's a mutual trust there. They're saying, I care about your vision. And, and they kind of take it on as their own, right? Yeah. But then they have the ideas and the skills and the talent to help get you there because you can't get there on your own. Exactly. It's a team effort. And I, and I like to tell people at, at my office, it's like, we're a soccer team. I don't like to be called the boss at the office. Don't call me the boss. Um, we they call all, you coach? We all, no, <laughs> not even the coach. I'm on the team. I'm in the trenches with them. You know, what uh, position you play? <laughs> that's my thing. I mean, if I'm the goalie, then I'm the goalie. If I'm the if I'm the forward, then I'm forward. White wing, white wing. It doesn't matter. But every position needs to be filled. And I always tell these people, listen, if you're doing your job, then we can all do our job, and vice versa. You know, and I like to come through at another angle too, as I tell everybody, you know, we're a soccer team. You know, and the management of this team knows that wherever the ball is. We know what that person's supposed to do. Like, say the ball goes to you as a right wing. We know we got to be somewhere over here to receive a pass or, 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 or get a rebound if he makes a shot. And But the point I'm trying to make is that the goalie knows what the right wing has to do. The, the forward knows what the fullback is doing. Mm-hmm. Mm, the ball yeah. is the situation. The ball is whatever comes through our door that day. That's the ball. And how we handle that ball is how we pass it amongst each other. Uh, or take that direct shot. Love it. You know, and that's kind of what I, what I try to t- teach my people at the office and and, and my employees. Have you ever played soccer or yeah, yeah, do you I, coach soccer? I, I played <laughs> soccer for a very long time, including indoor soccer as an adult. Oh, wow. So I'm I, I I really like soccer. Awesome. I th- I think that's great. I think everything that you're saying, there's a lot of correlation. You know, from you know we've heard stories in this room on this podcast from. A lot of very successful people who are saying the exact same thing. Uh, you empower your people. It is a team effort. And and the one thing that I'm really excited about hearing a lot of is the empathy com- component that you mentioned where it feels like there's kind of an emotional revolution happening in our country where people are just kind of, kind of starting to get this empathy thing because, you know, back in the 1940s, 1950s, emotions were – discounted if not even you know you're supposed to hide them yeah you're supposed to hide them definitely don't allow people to know you have feelings vulnerabilities <laughs> yeah don't let anybody know you're vulnerable mm-hmm. right and then to now we realize especially as in the marketing world people don't make their buying decisions off of you know logical concrete uh uh ideas Facts. yeah they actually make their decisions based on really deeper emotional decisions. Mm-hmm. And so this whole empathy thing that you mentioned is really intriguing to me because um, I just you, – you, when you think about security, when you think, uh, think about mi- military, you know, 
there's, there's not a lot of latitude to, to have empathy there. So talk about how empathy helps you, um, help us understand. We see it as like, okay, I'm a guard. I'm protecting this place. I'm protecting the people. I'm protecting the assets. I'm protecting valuable things. You know, if any danger comes, it's got to get through me first, and that's not going to happen, not today. Uh, and so talk about how empathy impacts what you do and how you use it to make your company better, help serve your clients, and make your team better. Well, I, I think what I think about when you say empathy and, and relating it to some of our clients, you know, think about um, a, a, your, a regular residential home where a single mother is there, has two, three kids with her, and she's gone through a terrible situation, maybe a divorce or something, maybe the loss of a, of a husband or something, and um, that house that they live in might not be in the best side of town. You know, you have a struggling mother who w- needs her children and herself need that peace of mind at night, knowing that they can sleep at night safe, warm, and not worried about someone maybe knocking on the door at an inappropriate time at night or someone uh, breaking in when they're gone and having to come home to already a tough life, a tough situation, and, and now their house has been broken into. Um, giving these um, situations the uh, of, of a single mother the ability to look up at a monitor and see the perimeter of her house, somebody at the front door, teach the kids, you don't have to open that door if you don't know who that person is at the front door. You don't have to open the door. And giving them the ability to view that front door or view the perimeter of their house or have the ability to turn on and off the alarm system um, while they're away. And the other one that I like too is when the kids come home from school, if we know that at 3 o'clock that door should be um, beeping and I can sit at my desk and know that I get a notification, the door opened, I can look at my clock, oh, that's my children, they're coming home, they're safe where they need to be. Um, Giving moms and dads, um, business owners, the ability to see these, what I call secure conveniences, on your phone or at your computer, I think that contributes to peace of mind, but I, I also think it's um, what we all deserve as a as a, a husband and a wife and a, a single mother or even a business owner, knowing that your your gear and your equipment and your materials that you use to make a to make your livelihood um, is still there when you're um, away. I think that is that's important to me, and I think that's important to other people as well. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I it it feels like a very human approach. You know, like you talk about the way you work with your employees and, um, you know, how you appreciate them and value them. But, and, and then the services that you provide at the same, in the same capacity, it's more than just, you know, um, a transaction. You're providing uh, a peace of mind for people that you care about, uh, for human beings who have these needs, which needs are safety, but it's also that emotional security type of thing. And um, I love that you see your clients that way, that you see that, you know, the trouble they already might be experiencing in life, you know, um, the adversity they face and and how the service that you offer can, you know, lessen that adversity a little bit. Yeah, I think about my mom who, again, lost my father. She has a a, a very nice home that um, I want to make sure that when she hears a noise at night, you know, she can easily look at a TV monitor and see that it was maybe it's a loud car passing by or, or something like that. I don't want her to um, 
to feel um, unsafe. Um, I don't want her to feel like uh, I can't tell what's going on around me and give her that minutes or seconds that she might need to call for help if necessary. And, um, and I just think that everybody wants that. I think everybody needs that in their, in their, their day to day. And I also notice that when people that, um, finally have our, I get it all the time. I get people that get our alarm system or our camera system put in. I had a client just yesterday tell me, Lawrence, thank you for installing that, uh, camera system at my house. And he says, the funny thing is my wife watches the cameras now more than she watches TV. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, he, she can watch me walk all over the house. And he goes, it's great. If I fall down, she'll be able to see me now. And he's like, I do more stuff outside now. And she watches the monitor. She monitors the people, the neighbors, cats coming by. She's like watching it at all times. I'm like, so it's nice That's to funny. give those people the ability to do that. Yeah. And I, it strikes me too, that you're, you're not really selling equipment, right? You're selling peace of mind. You're selling security because the, the technology is going to change and grow and all yeah. that kind of stuff, right? Well, and one of the biggest differentiators for my company opposed to anybody else's is um, we, we like to let everybody know that not only you can buy an alarm system, for example, or even a camera system. Um, most people know ADT, largest company in the United States. Um, the difference between ADT and us is that ADT doesn't have the ability to send a guard service to your location. We have about a four to seven minute response time within the city limits. So if you have our system, if you have our cameras or you have our alarm system, you could be sitting on the beach in San Diego and look at your wife, say, hey, honey, I, who's this? Did you recognize this car here? And it's a, it's an odd car. It doesn't, looks like a suspicious vehicle in your yard. And um, the ability to say, hey, let's send a guard over there and check this out, you know, is, is the advantage that we have. Because we have the guard ser service and the alarm service, you put those two together and it's the combination that is necessary. Because you can have an ADT alarm going off and it, they, you can even have their camera system and watch them stealing your stuff. Mm -hmm. But what they're going to do is call 911. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in most cities in any town USA, uh, law enforcement responding to a burglar alarm might result in about a 12 or 10 hour response, if Whoa. even that, if even that. Yeah. Um, so you can sit there and watch someone break into your house and steal all of your things and ruin your home. And all you can do is watch. All you can do and is there's watch. there's nothing you can do about You might it be able to call a neighbor. Away. You might be able to call another family member. But you put, put a family member in that setting. Think about it this yeah. way. Um, one of the other things is, you know, it could be three in the morning and when the, the alarm system here would go off, that would mean one of you would have to get up, go down to the place. Cause if you call Fresno PD, they're not going to necessarily send somebody over there. Now, if you say there was a gun or something involved, they're there fast, not to take anything away from our, 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 yeah, they our, have to prioritize. Yeah. Right. And it's, it becomes a priority six and, um, priority sixes result in either a community service officer or um, go go online and, and fill out the report yourself. Do you remember the days when a, a car got broke into and they would come and dust? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. they, would, they don't even do that anymore. No. You know, so um, going back to the ability to have um, a guard service come out, I mean, it's scary for even a, a grown man to show up at this building at 3 o'clock in the morning. You don't know what you're going to come across. Right. You know, but much less send a, send a female, send a family member that doesn't, shouldn't be in this setting um, is, is, is just dangerous. So 
we what we do is our officers are armed. Our officers have arresting capabilities. So we get there within a four to seven minute window of time. We can at least be a witness. We can at least get a description, maybe a, a license plate. Um, Your officers are trained to uh, know all that all the stuff that they need to know. 100%. Our vehicles even have um, camera systems inside of our cars. So yeah. what we want to do is we want to point our car towards the threat, whether that's the front door of this building, we're using it as, as an example. We would park the vehicle in that setting, um, try to use the vehicle camera to not only be our backup and our witness, but also maybe get a, a license plate or a description. And if we can make an arrest, if we actually catch somebody, we can actually um, handcuff and detain until um, law enforcement gets there but um, tell me about that you said your your officers have arresting capabilities how do you get arresting cap- can I arrest anybody um, well actually you can in your situation you would you would call that a citizen's arrest okay um, but going back to my officers um, you know um, a lot of them are, are either former military or former law enforcement um, PC 832 is a certification that you get that allows for that kind of stuff. So there is training that you can take. Um, mostly it's in, in law enforcement or security training, but um, I guess anybody can actually take it, I guess. Um, but once you have those, um, that certification under your belt, um, it shows that you have the ability to um, arrest, detain, and, um, and hand, there's handcuffing um, procedures and that kind of stuff. But yeah, anybody anybody actually can do it, including citizens um, can also do it um, as a citizen's arrest. Jenny, I think you should get certified in that. I mean, just just saying, you might you never know when you're going to need something like that. Lawrence, you think you could help me out with that? It, it, it might it might change your career course. <laughs> um, uh, we'll just we'll just hire a Marigard, and we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it to the experts. Yeah. <laughs> Good. That's one less thing I have to put on my to-do list now. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been a great conversation. Um, we definitely have a lot more to talk about. Um, so join us next week for part two, and we're going to continue this conversation because a little bird told me that you're actually an inventor as well. Is that true? That's that's true. So. Tune in next week. We're going to hear about this invention. I promise you, you are going to want to stay tuned. Lawrence, before we go, can you tell people how they can contact you? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of AmeriGuard? Sure. Um, obviously, go to our website, uh, AmeriGuardSecurity.com. Um, there you can learn uh, about several different things that we do, um, background investigations, um, alarms, cameras, home automation, um, and then, of course, uh, armed response and uh, um, uh, alarm installations. So um, AmeriGuardSecurity.com, and uh, you can contact us at, if you've made a phone call at 559-271-5984 is the main office. So thank you. I look forward to talking to you. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for spending time with us at Extremely Valid Points Podcast. To learn more about this episode, see our show notes at ExtremelyValidPoints.com. Be sure and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube and Instagram at EVP underscore podcast. If you need help with your video for your business or nonprofit, connect with Dave at ellipsispro.co. And if you need help with digital marketing, Nathan and Jenny can be found at worldlightmedia.com. Or feel free to send us an email at questions at extremelyvalidpoints.com. 
Thanks again for joining us. See you next time.